Hey folks, welcome to Culture Jacked. You're here with Dustin and Anthony. Today on the show, we're talking about some movie news, some gaming news, what's gone on this past couple of weeks. So, uh, and remember, if you like the show, uh, share it with your friends and throw your headphones on because you're about to get jacked. We're going to uh, to start the show off tonight with a bit of news, and uh, the news that I want to want to start it off is is something that recently happened. Uh, James Gunn has been rehired by Disney to direct Guardians of the Galaxy three. What do you think about that, Anthony? I uh, personally, I think it's. Uh probably a good call from Marvel. I, you know, I think we debated it in the past on whether it was the right call, wrong call kind of deal from them. But, um, overall, I think it's probably a smart thing to pick up James Gunn, the guy that, uh, brought the life to, uh, guardians of the galaxy created the characters and, and everything else. I mean, I, I like the idea. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, well, I, you know, I was, I was ticked off at Disney and Marvel when they, when they got rid of him at first, I was like, what a foolish idea. That guy was great for the character. It was a, it was a manufactured hit piece by some outrage culture on the internet and, uh, you shouldn't have fired the guy, but with this news and looking in hindsight, it was the absolute correct move from a PR standpoint with Marvel and Disney, right? Cause they, that, that story was hot, man. It was red hot and getting him out of there as quickly as they did just put a big bucket of water on it. And now you're, you're going to, if you're one of those outraged trolls that are, are attacking James Gunn and trying to get him fired and out of the business, you're going to have a hard time getting that viral momentum that you had back to, uh, to try and get him ousted again. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple of things to note with this is, um, right here on, uh, I think I'm on USA today. It looks like, and I guess we never talked about this, the cast of guardians of the galaxy, you know, it says Vin Diesel, Dave Batista, Zoe, um, Chris Pratt and all those guys kind of spoke out about the gun termination in the first part in which I, I don't think we ever really discussed or, or really even talked about, but so those guys spoke out and then it does look like James Gunn tweeted on March 15th saying, I'm tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months. I always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision and I am excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. I've, I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Love you all. His, his reaction to the whole thing, I think played a huge part in him coming back too. like he accepted it. He sat on the sidelines, said, thank you for your support. I uh, respect the decision and he wasn't like a, a rude or obnoxious asshole about it. Like he played it really well as well. And then there too, I think that his involvement with DC after that, cause he's, he signed up to do the suicide squad sequel, which is now they're, they're not hiding it. They're calling it a reboot now. Uh, I, I think Disney and Marvel may have seen the error in their ways and gone, Oh shoot, we can't lose this guy. He is, he's been too good to our, to the MCU and, and the, the guardians of the galaxy franchise. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent there. Uh, talking about that note though, of the reboot of suicide squad. I mean, what, what is the deal with that? Or what do you suspect is the deal? Are you, they're just shit can in the whole uh, first video and go in a new direction. Uh, well, it's, it's weird because it's, it's kind of like a soft reboot. I heard 
that Margot Robbie uh, is still going to come back. Margot Robbie is still going to come back to be Harley Quinn. She's an incredibly popular character. Will Smith, uh, he said he wasn't going to wasn't going to make time for the the reboot. So I heard uh, Idris Elba is going to be picking up um, the torch in his place as Deadshot. Um, but he's also going to be casting different characters, like one of the characters from the comics that they didn't include. Uh, at least in, in that iteration of Suicide Squad was King Shark. Uh, and so King Shark, he's like a humanoid shark creature, uh, is also going to be in the movie, or at least that's what they've said. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's going to be kind of a kind of a soft reboot there. You know, Suicide Squad, the movie uh, that came out, uh, was it David Ayer that made that one? Yeah, I believe that's um, correct. He, uh, that movie was met with, tremendously like mixed reception, mixed reviews. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't agree with some of the, some of the choices like the, the, uh, croc, uh, killer croc. I wish they would have kind of like animated style, like a, a incredible Hulk sort of thing made him just a big hulking mass. And hopefully they do that with, uh, King shark. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll wait until I see a trailer, but, but I mean, if James Gunn is behind it, if he's writing it, if he's directing it, um, I think he's shown us what he can do in these big franchise, uh, centered, centered movies. Um, and so I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, I will be once I see, well, I'm, I can't say I will be, I will be more, <laughs> I, will <of> a, definitely be. <laughs> I will be more of a, uh, critic or more, uh, better equipped to talk about it. Once we see, I do have faith in James Gunn. Um, and I'm interested to see what direction he's going to go with. And obviously does Leto's Joker return or what are they doing with that? Cause obviously we've got the Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Joker thing coming alive. Uh, you know, they've got the little short reel out on that now, or the little teaser out on that, which looks interesting. What, what do you think well, about I, that? I, 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 well, I, I think we've talked about it before and I'm like, I'm excited for comic book movies. I don't like super grounded movies. So if that's what they're trying to do with that, I don't know if that'll necessarily be my cup of tea. Um, but that also is not in the DC uh, extended universe. It's not one of these, one of these movies. Um, it's kind of, it's its own thing, you know, it's a standalone thing. So I don't know. All right. Does, Disney's Disney's killing it though, uh, and and you heard that the uh, the Disney Fox deal is complete now. Yeah, I think uh, you told <laughs> you told me that. <laughs> you, Did I tell you, you that already? Yeah, you disclosed that information the moment that. They Did we were, talk about this yesterday? The, the moment that they were inking the contracts, <laughs> you were on the phone with me. Yeah, it's done. Light the torches. Light the torches. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, well, well, that's good. Um, hopefully, uh, more to come, right? So they, so one thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about that with though, is they've got some movies coming out, right? They've got dark Phoenix, Fox, Fox, Marvel movies. They've got uh, new mutants. Uh, and, and neither one has a, has a solid release date yet. I believe, um, they've got, you know, uh, X-Force coming out. Um, just just the fact that, that these movies don't have release dates, what is the, um, I don't know, what's the likelihood that they're going to get published? Are they going to get published just because they're done and they want to grab some money off of them? Or are they going to, uh, are they going to, you know, delay or cancel these movies? Well, you know, Dark Phoenix, there's, trailer still going out on that. So they're going to have to put that one out. It's too, it's too far. I think forward, uh, there's already money invested so forth and so on. So I, I think they'll, they'll release it and then probably wait a couple of years, hit that sweet spot, you know, keep doing what they're doing and then, uh, revamp the whole freaking franchise. I think we'll see a new X-Men within the next few years and more than likely I would assume that they're going to do at least if I was doing X-Men what I would do is kind of what they did with the uh, Avengers deal and start from the very beginning and give 
uh, each character a strong backstory and just build it up slowly, build it up because you've already got all these established characters and there's already so much news on what's going to happen with Robert Downey Jr. and what's going to happen with all these big names that uh, a lot of people are kind of speculating that, hey, this next turnaround, I don't think, you know, a lot of these big stars are going to be uh, continuing to reprise their roles as these, you know, Captain America and all of this stuff. So, I mean, uh, right. you know, that that would give X-Men an in so they can introduce a whole different segment, go a different route um, without just being the kids and, and automatically being a team and blah, blah, blah. So I think that would be smart. Some of the other projects that are out there, if they haven't had or if there's not a lot of money sunk in them, I'm betting they're going to get shit canned. And they're going to take the IPs and put them on Kevin Feige's jumbo freaking whiteboard and say, hey, how can we get these guys to, well, you know what I mean? Like, how can we get, how can we get this IP to integrate into what we're currently doing? And they probably already have some of that shit. I mean, like, who who am I joking? You know what I'm saying? Like, they've probably already got a lot of that infrastructure and integration. Yeah, I'm sure they have been planning even though they're, they're like not supposed to, not supposed to talk about it. They, you know, Kevin Feige's been there. He's like, man, when I get this character, this is what I'm going to do with them. This is where I'm going to put them in the universe. Yep. This is going to be their story. It, they're, they're, they've started connecting the dots already. You, you have to be a fool to think that they're not. Well, right. But I mean, you look at, so, so to go back to the current IPs real quick, and then we can switch. But I mean, if you take, if you take the uh, current IPs and you look at like what they did with uh, the Netflix deal, you know, they'll, they'll drop freaking, uh, the, the X-Men movie, of course, drop that thing. Oh, woo, we got this new X-Men. Even if it does well, they're going to say, okay, we'll collect that money. And then we're going to go ahead and, uh, <laughs> and we'll k- spend it, it on our new, yeah, the new X-Men. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> what a, what a slap in the face just well, on to start. Well, yeah, yes. And no, I don't know. I mean, to me, I mean, are you excited for that film? I think it, Personally. No, not at all. Okay, not good, at all. I good. think it's going to be hot garbage. Um, so uh, that's Dark Phoenix and New Mutants, and I know there's a couple other ones that they had slated to come out for Fox uh, that haven't really taken off the ground or gone anywhere yet. But also the Fox side of things is where we got Deadpool, Deadpool Two, right? Massively successful, great movies. Uh, we both loved them. Uh, X Force, which is going to be for the spiritual successor. A Deadpool 2. It's going to be Deadpool 3, but they're going to call it X-Force, right? And it's going to be a, a team-up movie. So with with Deadpool, um, there's a couple different lines or trains of thought on his inclusion into the MCU. Now that they've got all these characters, but he is a hard R-rated character. Will they, will they uh, keep him separate in his own universe that he operates independently from the MCU while making these small references, or will they incorporate Deadpool's universe into, uh, the MCU? Uh, but just when he, whenever he makes an appearance or, or comes into the MCU, uh, he's, he's toned down in those movies. Um, what, 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 which, which scenario do you think, or do you think a, a different scenario? Well, well, I mean, to me, again, it depends on how Feige's going to tell the story, right? Because as a, a up to this time, it's been kind of the the goofy antics of Ryan Reynolds and his, you know, his off the cuff comments and so forth and so on. But there's nothing in that that would lead you to believe that he was in the current MCU. So, um, I again, you know, they could leave him or they could integrate him. I would love to see them integrate him because he could, you know, he could do cameos. Um, he could do some side movies and I think it would be a smart investment on it because here's the thing, the cat's out of the bag, man. I mean, it, you, yeah. know, you, you know what I mean though? Cause like, if you look at, um, MC, the, the MCU or, or really anything, the MCU is easy because they're a freaking cash cow and they've got all these great movies. But if you look at it, you know, rated R movies, it's a known thing. It's not like you're hiding anything. And because of the good old internet, it's not like, um, it's not like kids are, they do or don't know about this, that, or the other. So, 
Right. I I feel like it would be a smart, like a really, really smart move for them to have him do some some goofy cameos or have him help with something and then start doing, sure. um, you know, start bring you know, do the X-Force uh, and have one of the X-Men maybe uh be a good guy or a bad guy to revamp one of the X-Men or some, some, something like that to where it'd be kind of cool. And then they can do some side movies. I, I, I feel like get run the life on that thing, man. Give him, you know, give him the, the, the Tony Stark or, or Thor, you know, give him the three, four, five, six, seven movies or whatever, but let him play in that sandbox. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? This is what I love about uh, uh, Deadpool and, and, and this potential. Um, like you, like you're saying, I think Deadpool cameos would be great in any other MCU movie. Um, and for the Deadpool movies, for the R rated movies, if they decide to do another movie like Logan or something like that, that's an R rated Marvel movie, just brand it differently, right? This is the Marvel red brand or, or something where, where people know that if they're going to see this movie, this is a side of the MCU that's maybe a little bit darker, maybe a little bit a little bit uh, more dangerous. Um, but what I'd really like to see is, um, you know, Stan Lee passed away last year, right? Rest in peace. Um, and with that, was it last year or this year? This year. Must have been last year. Was it this year? Was it? It was early, early on this year? Well, in the last few months, uh, suffice it to say. Um, but... So he's not not going to eventually be doing cameos anymore, right? He's still got one rumored for Endgame and probably other movies after that, if if rumors are to be believed. But I would love to see uh, a character like Deadpool replace those cameos in the future, right? Because it doesn't always have to be Ryan Reynolds. Once he finally hangs up the mask, it can be anybody in that mask that just shows up. You know what I mean? And he's in a bookstore or he's on a bus or whatever. I, I think it'd be a cool, cool inclusion. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd want him to do at least that part of it, but I, I think that because of who he is as a character, he's kind of greedy. He, he kind of has and sticks to his own little deal. I think that's perfect for cameos where like he pops in, Oh, you guys are in trouble. Well, I'm actually dealing with this situation. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean? Cause be he, cool. He, he, so he doesn't have to, and I don't, to be completely honest, I don't think it fits his um, character to sit there and be like, I'm going to team up. I mean, look how much shit he's talked so far. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. That and, you know, his him and Colossus and, and their uh, relentless uh, battling of morals and all of that stuff. So I, I definitely don't feel like he would be in alignment, but I do feel, like I said, like, hey, you know, they're going to do X and, you know, he's there because of a different reason and he's going to, you know, hit the reason and then continue on his story arc. Um, whether it's a big part of the movie or not, I think that's a good way to incorporate him. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for this, this new era of Marvel movies being Marvel movies in the MCU being MCU. Um, now, gosh dang it, Venom had to go and be so successful. Into the Spider-Verse had to go and be so successful. So we're probably not getting the Spider-Man characters back, at least not for a long time. Um, but at least the majority of the characters are back under one banner, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I am too. Um, yeah, I think we can go into that conversation in a whole episode by itself. Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and <laughs> I may have talked to you about it yesterday or the day before as well, is this uh, Google Stadia. Did we talk about that? We did a little bit, but we can talk about it real briefly here. Yeah, so Google Stadia, of, of course, if you haven't heard about it out there, is the uh, all always online uh, streaming gaming service that's being offered by Google now um and it is supposed to be able to run your games in 4k uh at 60 fps uh, as long as you have a internet connection of 25 megabytes per second uh or faster uh that is a steady rate there so what are your because we've talked about this before this is not the first time 
we've talked about this on the podcast. We talked about the eventual uh, loss of the hard copy ownership of games. Also talked about the, um, I think it was the shadow or the shadow box. Whereas the, the streaming service uh, for games as well. Um, so what do you think about Google Stadia? Does it stand a, does it stand a chance? Is it something you're interested in seeing or, yes. or what? It's fu- yeah. It's I'm, the future, man. It is the future in, in to, uh, let's, you know, to kind of put it back or explain it a little bit more. So essentially it is shadow, but it's ran on Google platforms. So if you guys watch the episode right. where we talked about that, because it says, uh, I looked up an article while you were talking there and it's saying like, it's going to run all these, run all these uh, <laughs> crazy. Are you okay? Yeah. Blink twice. If you need help, it's going to run all these, this crazy hardware and yeah, you're going to have 25, you know, you just need a 25 megabit, uh, downstream minimum and suggest the steps. So, uh, on less capable connections, it'll go down to 720p, but it says it can go up to 8K, up to 120 frames per second. So that's cr- freaking crazy. But uh, uh, sight unseen, because, you know, this is them just pitching it, you know, how well it works. But uh, as we spoke before, I think that uh, this is where a lot of the uh, future, a lot of the future stuff's going to go, to tell you the truth. I, I Well, hope- yeah, if... Go ahead. Oh, I honestly think because then it removes the hardware and it's going where everything else is going because they have server racks with all the stuff on it. And that's what you're going to end up ultimately playing off of is their gear. And then you're essentially just transmitting whatever game via the Internet to your whatever TV. So if you have a 4K TV, you're playing it in 4K. If you have a Well, if you have an 8K TV, you're playing it in 8K. And if you don't, then... By golly, you're playing it with whatever the hell it is you, you got. But that, but uh, I, I do think... 720. Uh, yeah. Well, I do think, though, with that and what is super cool about it is the same thing with the shadow, though, man. Because think about that. If you're sitting at the airport, if we're sitting here podcasting and you're like, hey, man, I, I want to I play... Uh, I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, and, and what it's doing is it's going to dissolve... Um, or it could, I should say, it could dissolve uh, the console as a uh, you know single opportunity to where it's all exclusive. The exclusivity is going to probably be going away, with the exception of these services, just like what Netflix has done, right? So there's you know Netflix has a bunch of other people's shows, but now they're starting to produce their own shows which are wildly successful. Now you can watch the other guy's shows on any device, you know, up to 4K. Right. And that's, I mean, they, all they did was probably watch an episode of Netflix and we're like, oh shit, what if we did this? <laughs> <laughs> we got to do this with games, man. Right. Cause I mean, the concept is, I, I don't know. I like it. I think it's smart. Um, the only, the only thing is, is I wonder what that looks like as far as, uh, the internet consumption goes, but just think about that. What if all you need is this tiny little freaking, you're going to have some like fire stick or a little tiny box in your house and you're, you're jamming on some crazy, uh, some crazy stuff. I, I think they're uh, definitely on the path forward of where, where everything's going, man. I mean, what do you think? Well, they, well, they said that you, you can operate Google Stadia on any device that can operate Google Chrome. Um, so, I mean, just if your, your phone had the fidelity to keep up with an 8k, 8k, uh, resolution, um, at 120, uh, uh, frames per second, then you could operate your, um, you could operate these high, high quality games on your phone with the, with the controller, which is, it blows me away to see. Um, like you were saying, a lot of people have been talking about the, how cool it is that right now the games that are developed for the Xbox and the PlayStation have to work within the confines of that console's hardware. With this, those restrictions are blown away. They're, they're gone, basically. The only thing that I worry about is I don't think that 
internet connection wherever there is video game consoles now is good enough to replace those consoles with a purely internet driven device. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got 10 megabytes per second at my home. I, I won't have Stadia for another 12 years until they upgrade the internet in my area. And even then, like you said, uh, you know, data caps and, and then, uh, uh, when, what's that, when they gear down your internet after you've reached a certain number of hours or whatever, um, you know, I, I, I don't think our internet, internet life in this world is good enough for something that is this good yet. We don't deserve you, Stadia. <laughs> well, they've got, they, they, they've got 5G in the work. So, but, but I agree with you there a hundred percent because here's the other thing. Like you go to a shitty hotel and you want to play, maybe you bring your laptop or you got your tablet or whatever. Dude, the, at, at a shitty hotel, you're not getting enough service to sit there and jam out for the most part. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, the majority, at least I would assume, uh, easy way to suck in early adopters for this thing is the mobility of, hey, just log into your account and then you can play X, Y, and Z, which means, hey, I'm at a hotel. Hey, I'm over at Dustin's house. Hey, I'm over at, you know, Anthony's house. Hey, you know, now I can just jump on with my, maybe my PC shit laptop or my my shitty old tablet and play this thing at high resolutions and so forth and so on. So, I mean, I guess uh, part of that, I agree with you, too. And I wonder if they're going to build in some kind of like uh, buffer buffer thing or something. I don't know, you know, to where like you could front load some of the game on, you know, like if I was going to play Red Dead, I could front load some of the game so I could go to a shitty area and play it for a while or be on the road. Cause that's the other thing is, is like, what about traveling in the back of your, you know, back right. Of your car yeah. Truck? You want to, you want to play, you, you go into an area with no, no cell reception or no wifi and you're just SOL. But, but I, guess, I guess that's part of the appeal to it though. You know, is, is having an internet connection and being in a place where you can, and I mean, just even in your home, like if you had wifi throughout your home, and you were playing a game on your smart TV and then you had to go take a massive deuce. You bring your cell phone in the bathroom and then you just pick up your, <laughs> <laughs> pick up your 8k game while you're on the John there, man. Right. Uh, so but I, 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 yeah, I just don't think we're there yet though. But I guess it, well, to, to argue the other side with, with some of what I said and some of what you said too, um, that isn't necessarily a problem right now either as far as the uh, mobility part of that, because you know what? They're not doing it right now unless you have a badass laptop. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm right. saying? So or I mean, a Nintendo switch or a Nintendo switch. Yeah. I mean, so uh, the future will tell on that. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm always excited for these technology changes just because um, you know, yeah, there's, there's normally some kind of bad that comes with it but uh the way that a lot of these company companies to include google they're very receptive to the public and opinion and you know if it's a if it's a ball of shit <laughs> and there's enough people flinging it back at them i think that uh they'll listen to some degree yeah another concern that i saw on the internet was that um Google apparently has some kind of notoriety for starting new programs, starting new apps, and then abandoning them. Mm. <laughs> and so people are worried that if they they go to get a game library on this Google Stadia, um, you know, how long is that library going to exist before they abandon the, the program? And it's not like where it was before when you had the Super Nintendo and you had the, the shelf lined with your, your 10 or 20 games on there that you could just pick up whenever. And it was yours as long as you didn't break the device, you know? So game, game ownership is really going to be, um, it's really going to be tried and tested in years to come, I believe. Yeah, well, I think this is quite a bit different. I mean, these guys, I'm looking at a picture. I'm looking at this picture of this thing and I was skimming through this article. And I mean, this, this is a way bigger investment than just a uh, application. I mean, these guys have huge server racks cause they're doing the same exact thing. You remember the, the shadow stuff, dude, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It is literally. So they got these ginormous freaking like 10 foot or 15 foot tall server racks that, uh, you know, soon enough, it's all just going to be ready player one, man. We're going to live in some shitty <laughs> connex <laughs> and fucking get into the game, dude. Get into the game. 
Dude, I'll live in a Connex with you if we can chill in virtual reality. That'll be sweet. Yeah, hey, we can be the uh, the, the the first radio station there in the uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll be in the net. Oh yeah, net. yeah, we'll be uh, virtual reality characters just sitting there. Uh, Hi, everybody. This is the, Justin and Anthony back yep. online with the Culture Jack Radio yep. Station. Yep. You're here right. in the mainframe. Yep. Oh um, yeah, that's us, buddy. All right, let's keep this thing going. Okay, I I want to ask you about Captain Marvel. Uh, our last podcast, I had seen it. You hadn't seen it yet. Um, now you have seen it. Uh, you said, I, I believe, uh, <laughs> with some degree of uh, irony over the phone, uh, that it was the best movie ever made. It was the, not, not only the greatest Marvel movie, but the greatest thing in cinema history. Uh, were you yanking my chain? I did that simply because of your response. Yeah, no, I, well, no, because uh, uh, when we did talk about it, you uh, explicitly told me that you weren't sure why you were there for half of the movie or some shit. So after <laughs> a, after watching it, because um, I, I set you up for failure with that movie, man. I'm no, 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 not at all. But I, I just thought it was funny because. Um, I think I told you I was going to see it, and then the next day I I told you you asked me or whatever, <laughs> and I thought that that was an appropriate response. Um, but no, no, let's let let's go ahead and dive into that. Um, because oh oh, well, before we do, uh, anyone that has not yet seen Captain Marvel, we are going. The you know last last podcast we didn't talk much about the movie in depth at all. We are going to be taking a taking a little bit of a dive into it, so there may be some some spoilers. Uh, so if you don't want that, turn off the podcast now and come back to it after you've seen it. Absolutely. And to be clear, Captain Marvel's <laughs> at 910 million. Yeah. They, they say by the end of this next week, projected to pass the billion dollar mark. So I hope that we're not spoiling this because <laughs> this movie has made a <laughs> shitload of money. You know, it broke uh, Wonder Woman. It's broken. It's broken like just a bunch of people. Thor Ragnarok, Venom, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I liked Wonder Woman way more than I like Captain Marvel. Way wow. more. All right. Well, let's let's just dive into Captain Marvel, though, before we, oh, okay, before, sorry. Bef before we go left and right on, on this thing. So... Uh, you know, go go ahead and tell us what your thoughts are of El Captain Marvel. Well, I, I like I told you the last podcast, I I got I got really nostalgic. Like a lot of the music was music that we listened to, you know, back in the nineties. Um, and so that was kind of fun. Um, I I thought probably the best part about it was the uh, the kind of buddy cop between uh, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. Oh, like that was, that was great. Um, and the, the de-aging that they're doing with Marvel now with Sam, Sam Jackson and, uh, what's his name? Clark Gregg. Both in the, in the show that were de-aged for it. Like partway through the show, I stopped. Like I, I didn't remember that they were computer animated. It was that good. Like it didn't even, it didn't even strike me that they were computer animated. So they're doing something right there. Now that you've seen the movie, what, what did you think? I'm, I'm really curious. Um, yeah. let's let let's uh, let let me kind of rethink here for a second. Um, overall, I thought I thought the movie was a good movie. Um, I felt like. Uh, Part of me feels like this character should have probably been brought out earlier. I mean, from a business point of view, it makes perfect sense to bring it out, uh, throw in this movie, throw in this character in between Infinity War and Endgame, of course, because Nick Fury called her. But regardless, um, it just makes sense. And then obviously it's about to break a billion dollars. So it made a lot of a lot of good sense, I guess. Um Mm -hmm. the 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 story itself i like i liked the story i like how they did the little flippy flop on you you know the, the yeah what did you think about that that twist now the 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 squalls were the ones we were led to believe are the bad guys to this whole movie well not this whole movie but the first half of the movie whatever. anyway yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then it flips the script and yon rog 
the Kree, uh, the 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 Kree Star Force are the real villains in the in the movie, and all of a sudden the the Skrulls are are hapless refugees. Well, I don't know. What do you think of that twist? I I, I didn't mind it. Um, to be honest, it, again, it goes back to the story as a whole. Like I. I like. I saw it coming from a mile away. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he—you could just tell, like, okay, now he wants to just talk to them, and something's going to come out of this. Hey, hey, I just want you to listen to the 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 black box. I just want you to listen. You know, here's here's what actually happened. You know, so I mean, yeah, you you could tell that obviously something was up. Um, I like the guy that was playing the, the the main scroll. That guy uh, did a fairly decent job. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, overall, you know, and Jude Law was in it, of course. And um, I I didn't care for one of the scenes that kind of played throughout the movie that I just thought was cheesy and they should have definitely did a different direction or did it better um, is the whole crash sequence with uh the doctor essentially when captain marvel gets her powers all of that shit i thought that was kind of cheesy man well they retconned it from the from the comics right mm. because um the 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 doctor lady uh the the pilot lady that you know was like her mentor that was actually cree um named marvell it was a um, in the comics, it was some dude named Marvell, and he had like powers. And then there was some explosion that he protected Carol Danvers from. And when he did that, the explosion like went through his body, and his powers like went into Carol Danvers. So it wasn't it wasn't her getting powers from an explosion of the Tesseract in this in this engine core. It was a transfer of powers from another another being. So they kind of retconned it there. I didn't, I didn't mind that, that retcon, you know, one, because I'm not a passionate follower of the comics. Uh, but two, because, uh, you know, it, it worked fine. Well, I'm, well, I'm not talking about, uh, that part of it. I'm talking about like the actual videography, the way it was shot, the the way it looked. Oh. I just, I, I'm talking from just a viewer's standpoint. I mean, I get the point that they had to make with it. That made sense. Um, so forth and so on. That's a secret project. It's a secret project. Now let's take the secret project. Now fly. Who are these Cree? You know, oh, that whole scene to me was just like, what is it didn't, this? It didn't make sense. <laughs> no, well, well, it made sense, but it, it just seemed kind of cheap to me. Like you just cheap, you know, in the scene freaking replayed what four or five times throughout the whole thing, because she, uh, she thinks she saw the, the scroll and it really wasn't the scroll. It was freaking uh, Jude law that was walking through, you know, and this and that, and it was like, that scene should have been a lot cooler in my opinion than what it was, than what it was. It was just like, cause you watch, you watch the thing like three or four times throughout the movie. Let me tell you what one of the best scenes was though, was when, uh, Captain Marvel and Nick Fury were locked in the locked in the office in that base. Remember when they oh, were going yeah, to try yeah, and yeah. find it? Oh yeah, find no, the gal. And, yeah, and he he busts out the tape and he gets the fingerprint off the coffee cup or whatever, and, and he goes and puts it on the door and and she's pretty impressed. And then they go out the door and then he's they're walking down the hall. They go to go in the other door and he gets starts getting his tape out and she blows the lock off. And he's like, "Why don't you just do that?" She's she's like, "I wanted to see you work or something." <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It was freaking thought, hilarious. It was hilarious. That was pretty funny. Um, you know, another part that I did like too, and I liked how they did it, and that was uh when the scroll did have her, they they put that uh those cuff things over her hands. Oh yeah, and she was tinking all the way around that spaceship. Yeah, I like that. I don't know what I, I think what it was was like, oh, okay, she's you know, she's not this like unstoppable creature and she had to adapt until you know she had finally got like mad enough or whatever it was because she was still learning her powers but um i i, I don't know i just like that scene well you know and then and she was pretty pretty handicapped there and then she was pretty powerful but then at the end when she's like i've got to access all my powers and breaks the chip off she became a fucking god 
Oh yeah, no, like, without a doubt. She's so powerful. And then the Kree warships came in and they started dropping the bombs and then she deflected the bombs and blew all the bombs up and then she went up and she went through that entire ship, destroyed the ship, and then she went up to the other warships and was like, yo, get off my planet. I'm Captain Marvel. <laughs> and then they peaced out. It was like, I, I, I love that scene. The scene was so cool. And if, if I knew that Captain Marvel was its own movie only and not part of this other universe, I would have been super cool with it. But she is part of this other universe how are they going to integrate such an overpowered character in with the rest of the gang? Oh, it's going to be, uh, it's what, what, what I think it is. Well, cause I mean, here's the deal. She's not, I mean, she's freaking brutally, like she is super, super wicked strong, but she's just going to come in, do, do whatever part that needs to be done and then get going, dude. Like I don't see her sticking around. But I do think that, uh, you know, like, look at Thor, dude. Thor came in like a freaking boss at the end of Infinity He's War. He's super powerful finally. now, too. That's true. Yeah, and which I love, though, because, like, that was the thing always with Thor to where, like, I love how they downplayed him and downplayed him because, you know, he's just this guy kind of arrogant and kind of doing goofy shit. But when he finally got fucking pissed, lost his high, went and built his new axe, all that stuff, um, he became like, oh shit, you're not killing off. Um, you know, you're not destroying the world. Um, you know, so I thought with him coming down, you know, flying down on lightning and all this stuff, I thought it was cool. Um, but I also thought that, uh, it was definitely a step up, right? Cause I know, I know for you, at least you, you, you think that the Marvel MCU, like the characters aren't that strong, but I thought, freaking Thor came in like a boss freaking blowing shit up and all well, maybe, that. May, maybe that's my thing though. Maybe, maybe I, I, and in the earlier Marvel movies, I would still argue that they weren't that strong. But like you said, Thor has had an incredible story arc throughout these movies and he's become super powerful. Captain Marvel, and they've identified her. She's now super powerful. Are we are we getting to a stage in the MCU where these characters are going to be maybe a little little more faithful representations of their more powerful counterparts from the comic books? Are we getting to a stage where we're going to see this magnificent, you know, otherworldly superhuman strength and and acts like we do like we do there? Maybe I I hope. That'd yeah. be really cool. <laughs> I got a funny one for you in regard to what you're saying. You <laughs> Tell ready? me. You ready? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to guarantee you one character that has exponentially grown their superpower abilities. <laughs> Ronin. <laughs> the, the normal guy on the team. With a bow and, and arrow. And, now he's got a sword and, and a cool haircut. And Black Widow are useless. Get out of here. We've got Captain Marvel. She's blowing up the Star Destroyers now, man. Yeah, but look at Nick Fury. <laughs> what what the hell is Nick Fury's ability? Get him out of there too. I don't want I want my, my superhero Superman. That's what I want. I know you do, and that's that's what's funny. But what is interesting about uh I, I guess that conversation the conversation we're just having though about them building up, I mean that makes sense though, because you look at some of these guys. And they have to build up. They have to understand. And and maybe we are at that point. I mean, even Tony Stark. If you look at the if you look at the the beginning of Tony Stark, like he wasn't. I mean, he was he was always kind of cool, but like his suits, dude, were not that strong in the beginning. Right. And then he's got the. And then he gets the Hulkbuster, and that's an incredible piece of tech. And then he's got the nanotechnology Iron Man suit that was in Infinity War. Um. So maybe we are getting to that that point. I mean, I hope. Well, I I, th- I think so, man. I think that it just takes the time to build it up, and you know, you know. But who who does know? Because again, we're getting ready to start a whole new chapter uh, in the MCU um, with you know Captain Marvel. To me, what's more interesting about Captain Marvel? So uh, to to kind of wrap on my thoughts, and I thought the movie was a, a decent movie. 
Um, I would say it is better than Ant-Man and Wasp, and it is not as good as Thor Ragnarok. That's my that's my thoughts. I would agree. Yeah, like I love Thor Ragnarok. I thought that was that was a fun, uh, very well done movie. Um, Ant Man and Wasp was missing a whole lot of parts. Now, uh, the story could have been better. I feel like they could have played out uh, some cooler uh, cooler scenes with the scroll, um, and. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have definitely done a little bit more with with that. Uh, the same. Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to oh, say you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to go for it because you said go. Well, the other part was, you know, her friend. Like that, I I, I thought that was kind of cheesy too, man. You know. Well, well, they they wanted to to cram as much kind of emotional attachment into the into the movie as they could. I think. Um, and I think Monica Lambeau, Rambeau, Rambeau, Monica Rambeau, um, her friend in the, in the movie, uh, that, that person has, they've got some significance or some relation to another Marvel character. So that's a, that's an Easter egg in and of itself. And I can't remember the exact way that it plays out in, in Marvel continuity. Um, one, one of the things that I was, well, two things and then all in my thoughts on Captain Marvel. I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. She did an excellent job. I love her like snarky attitude. Uh, you know, the, the, the quips that she made to Nick Fury and, and all throughout just, it was, it was very cool. Perfect. Spot on. Good casting. I loved it. The second thing is I'm upset that they made the scrawls, the victims or innocent bystanders in this because I was really hoping that the scrawl menace would not be completely eradicated. And, uh, because there's a, there's a, a comic line, uh, called secret invasion where there's a secret invade scrawl invasion of earth. And I was hoping that ramifications from this movie would play out in other Marvel movies in the future that wherein, you know, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that Ronan was a scrawl the whole time. <laughs> Well, and we don't know though. I mean, that that is something that can always come back because you can always get yeah. Maybe rene- there's a rogue re- agent or something. Yeah, or re- the renegades, the guys that say "screw all of you" kind of deal. I mean, that's a possibility. I feel like. Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, in in other uh, superhero movie news, did you know that um, there were twelve hundred Fandango Fandango pre screenings of uh, Shazam. This weekend, I did this not. Last weekend, yeah, um, it, it's made three point three million dollars because of it already. Wow! It's not, it's not out till the fifth. That's crazy. And that movie and the reviews. Oh, go ahead. What are the reviews? The reviews. Say? They so far they've been pretty positive. Um, it's sitting at like a ninety three percent on a uh, rotten Rotten Tomato uh, review score right now, and um, people are saying they enjoyed the movie. That's awesome. Well, it looks ex- it, it looks excited. like it. Yeah, it looks like it could be a fun, kind of different pace movie. So I'm, you know, I'll see what happens. So I, I know you're a huge fan of uh, Batman versus Superman: The Dawn of Justice. I know you're a huge fan of Justice League. Um, <laughs> Shazam is looking like it's got good positive early reviews. Aquaman made $1.1 billion. Is the DCEU dead or is it making a comeback? I think that's uh, yet to be told. I mean, Aquaman, which is cool. You know, you you know, uh, Wonder Woman did well, did well also. Oh yeah. It made like 700 million or something. Yeah, it did. It did very well. Um, I think that we'll see what's to come. I mean, this reboot by uh, James Gunn, uh, this new Joker movie, they just have to kind of relentlessly pursue it and stop going this like goofy. Because I, I always feel like, especially the Batman versus Super, it's just just like this like goofy freaking way, and it's like stop doing it, man. You got some of the best characters of all time. Stick to those characters. You know, you could they could easily revamp uh, 
Batman or, you know, run some of their side stories. I know that we've talked about in the past, some of their endless stories, but no, at this time, until they, until they uh, start talking about the uh, continued lineup, hopefully Shazam does well. Cause I, I think it looks funny. Um, and I will probably try to see that. You, you'll probably try and see that in the theater. Yeah. Shut up. You haven't talked about seeing a DC movie in the theater since I've known you. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, I, that may be one I might see in the theater. Oh, well, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to see it first. So I'll let you know. Uh, I'll let you know what I think. It comes out April 5th. So it's coming up quick. It is coming up quick. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely worthwhile to at least check um, it out. Uh, so I, I, I just wanted, I, I, I came across a, a quick tidbit of news. Uh, um, Captain Marvel in its third weekend had a uh, $35 million take. Um, and like you said, it's on its way to a billion bucks. Uh, but it was beat out in its third weekend by uh, a movie called Us by Jordan Peele. Um, same same director as, as Get Out. Um, but it, it made $70 million in its opening weekend and that is the uh, biggest box office opening for a horror movie of all time. Awesome. So how, how does that strike you? No, Jordan Peele is a phenomenal director, man. Uh, that Get Out movie was in, intense. <laughs> I, did not, I did not see Get Out. Yeah. I heard I, it was really good. Yeah, I watched uh, most of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm not a horror movie guy at all. But I caught some of it, I think, on HBO or something, and I was like, holy shit, this is good, man. This is uh, well, I, well done. I watch uh, Jordan Peele on, you know, Keen Peele, obviously, that wonderful sketch comedy show yep. that they had on Comedy Central for a while. Um, and if you would have told me five years ago that Jordan Peele would be one of the most prolific horror filmmakers in 2019, I would have laughed right in your face, dude. I would have said, are you joking me right now? But he is, he's doing amazing. Yeah, absolutely. He sure is, man. No, I'm, I'm excited because he was also tied to, wasn't he, weren't they talking about him to direct Akira? Yeah, they were, they were. I don't know if that's still going, um, but I, I don't know. He's kind of proved, proven his chops. I think he'd, he'd do a good job setting the tone because Akira had a lot of, a lot of really big horror elements in it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think if they got the effects right, they could do an okay, okay adaptation of that one. Yeah, absolutely. And he is well on his way. Um, directing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that the guy, a super funny ass dude. I mean, Key and Peele is, is incredible. <laughs> well, also during the Super Bowl, he had that, that trailer for the twilight zone. He's going to be the, He's going to be today's Rod Sterling of the Twilight Zone for the Twilight Zone reboot. Oh, you're right. I did see that as well. That looks awesome. I love the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone was amazing, and and based on his his uh, horror movie chops, now I I can't wait to see because I not only is he hosting it, but I think he's producing it as well. So he's going to have incredible directive or and creative say in the final product. Good. No, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Um, to to kind of switch gears here, you told me that you were planning on seeing that you you didn't see it back in November, December, whenever it came out. Um, but you saw it recently. Was Into the Spider Verse? What'd you think? Oh, I thought that was an incredible movie. Absolutely incredible, man. I yeah. What did you think of the animation style specifically? I liked it. I I, I enjoyed it very much. It, it it seemed like it was uh, two two styles kind of combined into one, but uh, over it was. Yeah, it was. Okay. They did like a computer animation style, and then they did a uh, a regular classic animation style over the top of it. Right. No, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, the story was incredible. Um, the animation, of course, was was incredible. Um, it was funny. It was uh, had some action. Had a little bit of a little bit of the the, the sad. The you know uh, they did a very very good job. I'm excited to see what else they uh, what else they come up with. In fact, uh, that may that's that's one of the top contenders for you know best animated movie. In fact, I think it won an award, didn't it? 
I believe it did. I believe it won an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, for best animated movie or something, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's phenomenal, man. No, I'm, I, I'm super excited to see which directions. Cause now it's like endless directions. If you watch the end scene on it, you can go any which way you want. Cause they're like, no, the, the, the multiverse is still alive. The spider verse, yeah. spider verse. I mean, yeah, sorry. Well, they, and they've already talked about doing a, uh, a female spider hero spinoff cause they've got uh, spider Gwen who was in the movie. Um, then they've got uh, Silk and they've got Spider-Woman. And so they could very easily do a, a, a female Spider, Spider-Man spider movie or Spider-Woman movie. Um, and then they uh, are also also talking about the sequel to the, the you know regular sequel to the Spider-Verse. And Spider-Ham is one of my favorite comedians, uh, John Mulaney. Uh, he's hilarious. That's so funny. if you... If you get a chance, check out John Mulaney. He's super funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out. Uh, and, and the final thing that I wanted to talk to you before I have to have to let you go, or before you have to let me go, I don't know who, which of us is going to be in a worse a worse state when we leave. Probably me. Mm-hmm. Um, but is uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? You 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 told me to watch this this show. Why did you tell me to watch this show? What's so important about this? Um, well, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my experience and why I had to like immediately tell you. So often in, in the evenings when I put my little D down to sleep, I'll skim through Netflix or you know I, I'm watching like shit I've already watched. And while I was like, yeah, I read the little uh, the the thing on it, uh, and I start watching this thing. I'm like, holy shit. You know, the first episode down, I'm like, wow, this can't be that great, though. There's no way they're going to keep this up. Watch the next episode. <laughs> watch that. I think I watched like four episodes that night. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. And Before you were convinced? Well, yeah, I mean, because you know how that stuff goes. It says there, it's like, you know, this this is a bunch of animated shorts by different people, blah, 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 blah. So the next night, you know, I'm, I'm like happy to sit there and watch the rest of it. And I did, I ended up finishing it over the period of two nights and the story is incredible. The animations, the very varying animations uh-huh. um, are, are incredible as well. I mean, I, I think that they definitely have something with that show. And I, uh, to be honest, I hope that thing lasts forever because it was that, it was just that damn good. Now the stories obviously are, uh, very different from episode to episode. Um, and so oh, are yeah. the animations, man. So that's, that's the reason, uh, at least I watched it. And that was the reason I shared it with you is like, Hey dude, you gotta, you gotta watch this shit. Cause my mind was blown. I did. I, and I binged, I binged the hell out of it too. I finished all, all the episodes. What I liked about the episodes is like you said, the art style was so unique. The stories were so unique. Um, but the episodes were, were brief too. I mean, it wasn't a time commitment for each episode. It was 10 to 13 minutes on most of them. Um, so you could just kind of, you could burn through them or you could go, all right, well, I'm just going to catch one here real quick before I got to, you know, take the kids to school or pick the kids up or whatever it is. Um, so it was, it was really, it was really good. And I guess it'd be before you have to go pick the kids up from school. Cause you definitely don't want to watch these episodes with the kids, the kids home. Uh, they are very violent and there is a, uh, a boobs and wiener requirement in each one. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty close. Um, but if you, if you do enjoy animation and you do enjoy short stories, it's a ha- to me, it's a half to what, which one was your favorite episode? I don't know. I mean, it's too hard to say my favorite, probably, probably one of my favorite. Cause I I've got probably like three or four favorites, but probably one of my favorites. And I know we talked about the other day was the colony in the freezer. I just, for some reason, I just really, really liked that. Cause it was like this bullshit thing They're They're pouring some wine. He pulls an ice cube out and he's like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> it's, a bull, it's a woolly it's mammoth cube. with a spear in it. <laughs> And then they go look and it's like, cause it reminds me, it's like Sim city. And then like, uh, you know, like they destroy themselves and then they colonize better and stronger. And I don't know. I just thought that was good. What, what was your well, favorite? It, that, b- before I tell you that, that, that episode was kind of like an updated version. 
there was a Simpsons episode years and years ago um, where Lisa, I believe it was Lisa, got these uh, seahorse, not seahorses, but um, what what the sea monkeys, right? And they they developed a a, uh, a civilization that that kept evolving. And then later on in Futurama, there was a civilization that developed on Bender's Bender's back and on his stomach while he floated out endlessly in space. That kind of evolved very rapidly, much like the thing in the freezer. But that was a cool one. My my favorite episode, I think, was the one with the um, the the ranchers and the the creatures that kept coming through the vortexes on their farms mm-hmm. where they had the, where they had the big giant robots and stuff. They're like, Hey, you know, you better call our neighbors. We got more this time or whatever else. And, and that, uh, <laughs> I, I was talking to my brother and, and that, that zoom away there at the end of the episode when it was just like, Oh, these are all colonies on like the moon. And these are just monsters on the moon trying to get into the colonies. I, I, I was blown away. It was so good. Yeah. So good. Yes, it was. So make sure you check that out on Netflix if you guys. Yeah, for sure. If you dare. <laughs> all right, guys. I, I oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I downloaded them all to my all to my phone. I'm watching them again. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good call. I got to travel tomorrow, so maybe I'll do the same thing. That's, call, that's actually a, re- a really good call. I'll do that. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode. So throw your headphones to the floor. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Culture Jacked. And don't forget, if you guys like this episode, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, and tune in next week.